So before we go ahead and uh, dive into the message, I want to share a little bit about my life with you because I think it's important for you to learn a few things about me. And so many of you know that I'm originally from New Jersey, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days, <laughs> literally, okay? Uh, but before I moved to Kentucky uh, and became an assistant pastor at a church back home in Jersey before moving to Kentucky, I was working for an organization by the name of Young Life. And, um, and so we have this, next slide, working for this organization by the name of Young Life. And so uh, Young Life is a, is a youth missional organization which is known for uh, preaching the gospel to students, to adolescents, and helping them to grow and develop in their faith. And so one of the things that we were really big on in Young Life was making sure that we're consistently showing up at uh, high school games, basketball games, football games, uh, soccer games, recitals. We were consistently inviting students to be a part of our lives. We'd even have the students come over to our houses and we'd play games and just have real talks. Uh, and so it was big for us to make sure that we weren't just preaching the gospel to students, and we would call that the proclamational moment, uh, but instead we wanted to make sure that we were building relationships with students and that it wasn't just a transactional ministry where we wanted to say something to you. We wanted to earn the right to be heard, and so we invited the students to be a part of our lives, and then we also wanted to be a part of the students' lives. And so before I came on staff, my supervisor here, the, this gentleman here in the blue shirt, his name is Darren Shelburne. And so Darren thought it'd be a great idea to take Mike Lawler, the guy in the green shirt, he was my coworker, and my best friend Jonathan Edwards. We all went to this campsite, this Young Life campsite by the name of Lake Champion in Glen Spay, New York. And um, it was here where Darren said, I think it'd be a great idea, Joe, for you to learn uh, what it's like to take risk in Young Life because you have to fundraise money. You're going to be an adult walking through the, the hallways, high school and middle school hallways. And if, to be honest with you, that's going to look weird because you're not a teacher. And so he wanted to, to, to equip us and prepare us for the challenges that would come being a Young Life staff. And so uh, for many of you don't know me, but I am afraid of heights. So the idea of me trying to do a rope course off the ground is crazy. I mean, so much so that when I was younger, me and my siblings, we go to local amusement parks. And I remember when we were going up to the top of a water ride, I would be, I would hold close, hold close to the railing, and it would take me about 20 minutes just to get to the top because I would think in my mind that somehow, some way, my little old body's gonna fall through the cracks as I'm trying to walk up to the top of the ride. And so the idea of me being off the ground is crazy. And so I remember that Darren, they had me strapped up, put the, the helmet on me, and then they set me off. And immediately, as soon as I started, I was screaming. I regretted it. I was yelling, Darren, I hate you. I don't know why I allowed you, I, I talked, I allowed you to talk me into doing this. Shut up, Jonathan. It's not, it's not funny. And, um, and I just remember I was so filled with, with, with fear. And I'm like, I, I, I hate this idea of being off the ground. But a few minutes into the ride, I remember having this, this change and experience, started experiencing these feelings of, of bliss and overwhelming sense of joy. And so that's why you see me here in this image. Once it was done, I'm like, woo, yes, that was the greatest experience of my life. Would I do it again? No, but it was awesome. <laughs> but it was in that moment when I realized that sometimes the greatest gifts that God has for us Sometimes the greatest blessings that the Lord has in store for us is on the other side of our fears in life. But the only way to get to the other side is that we have to endure through the hardships. We have to endure through the circumstance. 
Many times we have to endure through the suffering. And so this month we've been, last month we've been talking about the theme of the love that is God. And today we're going to more specifically talk about the crucified love of God. Because oftentimes whenever we think about the love of God, it's easy for us to think about God's love in terms of his goodness towards us, right? And so, oh, wait a minute, I know that God loves me because the negative things that I deserve to have come my way, he's taking those things away from me. And so I, I, I just know that he loves me. Wait a minute, I'm convinced of God's love for me because he's giving me the things that I don't deserve. Like, I, I didn't earn some of these blessings that he's given to me. I, I, now I know, truly I know how much I'm loved by God. And in fact, John Wesley would go ahead to say that any work of God, any grace movement of God in our lives that was, at a, that was in full effect before sin came into the picture, he would call that prevenient grace. And so you even have common day preachers who go around talking about, listen, before my life of Jesus, I had all these problems, right? I was an alcoholic. I was an adulterer. I did all these crazy things in my life. When I came to Jesus, all of my problems went away. But I'm here to tell you this morning that that's one of the furthest things from the truth. In fact, Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples in Luke chapter 9 when he told them, he said, listen, if any man wants to follow me, he must pick up his cross, he must carry it, and then he can follow me. And so what I find interesting here is that Jesus wasn't like a salesman that wants to tell you, all the great benefits that you're going to receive if you start following him. He was honest with his disciples. And he told him, listen, it's going to be amazing. You get to spend an eternity with me. Oh, my gosh. Like, that is, that is awesome. But there's only one thing is that you will have some hardships in your life. In fact, John, who wrote this gospel, when he wrote this, when he, when he wrote the, the book of 1 John, he was more than likely in prison. And all the disciples who Jesus was talking to in Luke chapter 9 they all died from being martyred. And so they knew very well what it was like to go through persecutions. So according to studies, 60% um, of people who initially uh, profess their faith in Jesus Christ will walk away from their faith in Christ. About 68% of those being males. And one of the, the main reasons is because whenever hardships come, we become discouraged and walk away from our faith. And so... I'm going to talk about this, this cross for a second. This cross here can represent pain. This cross can represent hardship, even sacrifice. And sometimes, for some people in other parts of our world today, this cross represents death. And so, C.S. Lewis, he has this quote where he says, For God speaks most loudly... In the moments of our suffering, to actually accelerate the growth of the church. Again, God speaks most loudly in our moments of suffering to actually accelerate the growth of the church. And so we just came out of a pandemic. And right now we still are in a situation where we have to take certain precautions. Well, what if I told you that if it wasn't for the pandemic, if it wasn't for COVID-19, yes, we've lost some, some people along the way. Um, but if it wasn't for the pandemic, then businesses and organizations and churches wouldn't have came up with some very creative and innovative ideas for us to still stay 
engaged with one another. See, we didn't, we didn't have the, all the, the privileges of being able to see each other face to face, but we found some incredible ways to still network with one another. But if it wasn't for COVID-19, we wouldn't have discovered that. And so that's why he says that God speaks most loudly sometimes in these moments because he's going to produce something in our lives as a result of our hardships. And so there's a passage in scripture from Psalms 23 where David talks about this idea of suffering. And I want us to hear what David has to say about going through some challenges in life. This is what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restoreth my soul. He guides me in right paths. Of, he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What's interesting here is that verse four. Whenever a shepherd is leading his flock, his sheep, to find food, to find good pasture, he had to take them through the wilderness. And oftentimes as they were going through the wilderness, on the outside you had lions, bears, wild beasts that were in the surrounding areas waiting to devour them. So that's why we have this imagery here of the sheep carrying the rod or the staff so that way he can fight off the enemy whenever they're coming to try to attack them. But what's interesting here in this passage is that it's, it's in the darkest valley. I'm going to pause right there for a second. Notice that David didn't say, as I walk around the darkest valley, as I try to slide under the darkest valley, as I try to leap over the valley, he says, as I go through this darkest valley. And it was in this darkest place where the shepherd and the sheep would find the greatest nutrients so they can have the fiber and the strength to continue to move on with their lives. And so God has a way of using these dark moments, these dark places in all of our lives to help equip us and prepare us for what he's calling us to. And then verse 5, he says this, as a result of going through the dark valley, as a result of going through the hardships in life, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and you cause my cup to overflow. And so as a result of going through those things, God will strengthen you. He'll build you up and gird you with the things that you need in your life. And a lot of us, we have haters, whether or not we, we know who our haters are or we don't. We have people who are praying for our demise. We have people who are, who are praying for our destruction. But the, according to this passage of Scripture, God will, will outdo all of them by exalting us, not for our namesake, but for his namesake that he can get the glory. And that we can even invite them into this same glory that Christ has invited us into. Not so that way we can gloat and say, hey, look at what God has done for me in my life. But we can invite them into this wonderful journey that we have with the Lord. In verse 6, he says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I love this verse. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I was thinking about this this morning. That sometimes we look for the blessings externally here in the natural, in this, on this side of heaven. Now, if I'm honest with, with you this morning, some people never see 
the tangible physical material blessings on this side of heaven. Sometimes the greatest blessing, the greatest reward that we, we are going to receive is when we pass over to the other side. But we have a promise in scripture that God will glorify us. And um, I know many of you are probably thinking about what's easy for you to tell us about what David has to say about sufferings. And it's easy for you to quote C.S. Lewis and what he has to say about how God speaks most loudly in our moments of, of hardship. What do you know? You're only 29 years old. Well, let me tell you, I can write a book on suffering. I know what it's like to sleep in an empty building at night. I know what it's like to have to sleep in a car in the middle of a winter blizzard. I, I know what it's like to lose friends and loved ones and family members due to gun violence. I, I know what it's like to wake up every single morning worrying, am I going to make it through this day? Because we're getting death threats, have our, our phones are tapped. We're getting people taking pictures of us. Everywhere I go, I'm living in my life in fear. I'm not worried about school. I'm not worried about trying to focus. I'm trying to survive. I know what that's like to have to lose loved ones. I know what it's like to have to eat food from out of local food pantries and have my friends say, hey, laughing at me. Yo, you got holes in your shirt. What's up with that, man? You look like one of the bums at Penn Station. I know what that's like. And so oftentimes we're quick to say that it's in spite of the the hardships that, that we know you got, it's in spite of the, 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 the pain in life that I'm still able to, to see you. But I'd like to contend that it's not just in spite of the hardships and in spite of the pain and in spite of the tragedies in life, but rather it's because of it. And so if I never had to go through some of those hardships, if I never had to face nights where I was without food, I wouldn't know what it's like for God to be able to make a way out of no ways. Very cliche saying, but he makes ways out of no ways through the highways and the byways. I wouldn't know what it's like for God to be my provider. I wouldn't know what it's like for God to be my protector when my life was in danger. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gone through those circumstances in life. I wouldn't know that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Some, for some people, those are just passages of scripture. But for me, they got me through day after day after day after day after day in our lives. And so in retrospect and looking back at all the things that God has brought us through, we can then as a result of going through the hardship say, wow, God, thank you so much for all of those things because now I know that 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 I know, truly I know, how much that I actually need you. Some of us wouldn't realize how much we need God if we didn't go through some of the, the experiences that we've had. Some of us would have so much pride, and when God elevates us or exalts us, for, not for our name's sake, but for his name's sake, we become full of ourselves because we think that it's something that we conjured up in our own strength, not something that the Spirit did, a work of the Spirit in our lives. And so I wonder for you this morning, what fears when it comes to adversity in your life what fears are holding you back from taking the risk that God is calling you to take? Maybe God is calling you to step out in faith and to start a relationship with somebody that's challenging. 
You might know going into this friendship, this relationship, that you'll receive persecution as a result. But I wonder what those things are in your life. And lastly, Israel Newbreed, he has this incredible album, and he's a gospel artist about 2006, 2007. He has this, this album called Alive in South Africa. And about track six or seven, he has this one song called Turn It Around. And he starts off the song with praising God for all the wonderful blessings that he's poured out in their lives. And God, we just open up the windows so wide, so, so rich, so long that we don't have enough room to receive. In fact, wait a minute. Do we got some room in the storage area? We might have some, have some more space back there. Pour out your blessing, your blessings so wide on us, Lord. And then towards the end, there's a standout verse that says this. You have turned my mourning to dancing. You've turned my sorrow to joy. You've turned my whole life around. And I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Friends, what if I told you this morning that God not only has the capacity to be presently with you while you're going through your hardships, he not only has the capacity to comfort you while you're in the midst of your circumstances, but he's also the God that can make a way out of all of your circumstances. He can turn every circumstance in your life around for his glory and his glory alone. Why? Because he's madly in love with you. I know it might not make sense, but God is madly in love with you. And he has this, this incredible way of using the ailments in our lives to draw us closer to himself. And for all of that, then it's worth it. Let us pray. Dad, we, we come to you because we recognize how much we need you. We know that we are absolutely nothing without you, and it's only by your grace and your strength that we've come to this place. God, I don't know what's, what people are experiencing this morning, but some of us have gone through a divorce. Some of us have experienced loss or grief in some way. Some of us have been talked about. Some of us might have even experienced being homeless. But we thank you that you love us so much that you don't hope that we go through these hardships, but you do certainly use them to, to mature us and to draw us much closer to yourself. Please, God, remind us today in the moments where we're waking up and we're crying out, where are you, Lord? In the moments where we're sad and the tears are, are flowing down our face and we're frustrated and we're tired and we're angry and some of us even want to quit, please remind us of your presence. Remind us of, of your love and your joy that's not dependent upon the circumstances that we're in. We ask that you would continue to fill us with your word and your truth that we may live and like David said, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in the name of the 
precious Father, Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ, we pray.